0: up? My name is Bria Wanamaker. I'm a registered psychotherapist, a speaker, a personal trainer, and I'm obsessed with the mind body connection and the effects that chronic stress, anxiety, depression, and our lifestyle patterns have on our mental and physical well being. Through this podcast, it's my goal to help empower you with the knowledge, skills, and wisdom to fuel your body, mind, and soul. This is called the Better Bodies podcast in an effort to help us learn how to have better bodies. And what that means to me is to have more energy, be less fatigued, exhausted, and burnt out, and to help us develop more love and connection toward ourselves and with others versus the old narrative of hustle and grind culture and building better bodies that are simply for aesthetic purposes. In this podcast, you can expect to hear some solo episodes from me And I'll also bring on guests who will share their expertise and life experiences to help us participate fully in our daily lives. Welcome, let's dive on in. What's up y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Better Bodies podcast. It's Fuel Up Friday, you know it. And today we are gonna be chatting about what to do if you feel like you can't be your truest personality or your truest expression of yourself because you feel like you are too much. If you feel like you are high maintenance, like you're acting uh, crazy or chaotic or like everything is always your fault or not even your fault, but like you feel like you're the dramatic person in different relationships or like something is always going on in your life. Um, and yeah, so we're going to try about all those wonderful things, um, and how to truly embrace your personality and put yourself out there without taking on the perceptions, judgments, and feelings of other people because, Uh, That is something that you will never, ever be able to control, um, is how other people view you. So let's do this thing. Okay, so let's start here at the easy way out. You know that you are taking the easy way out if you are flipping things back on someone and saying, well, they don't respect me in this way. I feel resentment towards them. I feel anger towards them or upset by them, and which are totally okay, of course, and valid feelings and emotions to have, I'm just explaining how we can flip things around, you know, and say so-and-so is too judgmental of me. Uh, so-and-so doesn't accept me. I don't feel, um, like they care about me. I don't, I don't feel like they understand me. And sometimes that is our response when our walls are up, um, to somebody else's, what we feel judgments or, The way that we perceive them perceiving us, which first of all, I feel like I've thrown this out there before. I've definitely said it on like maybe somebody else's podcast or in an interview with somebody, but this has been like legit one of my favorite quotes for ever. Like I'm not kidding. Like since I was 12 or something and it's, it just like has always stuck with me and it's, I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And hold up. I'm going to pause this for a sec because I need to go look up who said that. I have literally no idea. Okay, and we are back. I just did some Googling and let me tell you, according to Wikipedia, it is Charles Cooley that said that. Uh, quote, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. That's a tongue twister. And Charles Horton Cooley was an American sociologist and the son of Michigan Supreme Court Judge Thomas M. Cooley. He studied and went on to teach economics and sociology at the University of Michigan. And he was a founding member of the American Sociological Association in 1905 and became its eighth, president in 1918. Um, So there is your fun fact for the day. (laughs) Um, But I absolutely love that quote because it's so damn true, right? Like we don't even get to be half of the time what we know or think who we are inside in any given situation and how other people perceive us is generally not who we believe ourselves to be either. We present as what we think others expect from us, or we present as, you know, maybe we're stuck in a certain identity. And that's one thing for me, I know. Um, like eating disorder wise, like when you're stuck into a certain identity, like, oh, you're supposed to be the fit friend or, oh, you're supposed to like be the one who orders healthy food at a restaurant or, or be the one who's always game to like go for a run or whatever it is when we're in that identity, it can be really hard to shake. So I forget where I was going with this, <laughs> got really excited over the little history lesson here, but All this to say, if we are, as I started out this podcast saying, feeling that other people are judging us and feeling like we are too much, uh, too high energy, we're too dramatic, um, we're too obnoxious, high maintenance, crazy, chaotic, wild, um, whatever it is, Maybe, first of all, going off of that quote, maybe that is your perception of what other people think of you. They might not be thinking that at all, even if they do like say little kind of, I guess, hints or if it's like something passive aggressive, um, it could be something that they are envious of, that they see in you that they know that they have inside of them and that they wish they could be like that too. You know, if someone is like, Oh, like you're so high maintenance. If you say you go get, go to get your nails done often or whatever it is. And somebody says to you, Oh, you're so high maintenance, always have your nails done. But maybe that's something that they really want to do, or wish they could have the time to take out for themselves to go do that or wish that they had the financial means to do that regularly. Or maybe they wish that, you know, they didn't work a job where they weren't allowed to have their nails done regularly or whatever it is. Um, so those little comments, like, although our interpretation of their passive aggressive comments or snide remarks or, or just, it might not have even been meant in a negative connotation, but we can sometimes take those and say, oh, their per- their perception of me is that I am too much, I am too high maintenance. So that is number one, to just become aware of that tendency that we have toward not really being ourselves and not actually being who other people think that we are, but having the tendency toward assuming what others May think of us. And that is definitely protective, right? If you are in an open heart space, a loving environment with people that you care about and that you are really comfortable with, you know, you don't care if you like fart or if you're like laughing and snot comes out of your nose or if there's something in your teeth, like they will just tell you. Like an environment where you're really feeling loving and open and like anything anything goes, you don't have to be super reserved or polite or, you know, just no one is going to abandon you or not accept you, um, for being a human. (laughs) Basically, um, if you feel that way, then you are probably being pretty close to your genuine self. So that's number one is just becoming aware that that is a tendency that we have to have sort of tinted perspective, a tinted lens and way of holding our social interactions and looking at that. And then other ways that you can manage this discomfort and feeling like other people are judging you um, is to look at first, this is, this is going to take some work. Remember how I was like, first, the easy way out is to blame other people. Okay. And just say like, oh, they're like that. Oh, so-and-so is negative. So that's number one, actually, you could take the easy way out, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not that kind of person. Okay. So, and I try not to be like that as much as I can. Obviously I'm human and that's a natural tendency to be like, oh, it's their fault. That's their problem. Like that. They see me this way. Number one, blame. Other people don't take responsibility. (laughs) Wouldn't recommend it. Okay. It's a pretty, um, lonely place Alrighty. It's not expansive in the slightest. Number two, observe things with that mindset shift with the perspective of, okay, um, maybe they didn't mean it that way. Maybe, um, there's something that a quality that I possess that they wish that they too could have. Um, so that's your second one. And then if you're ready to put in some more work, number two is still work, having, holding that mindset, that awareness, that observation, just of the situation, not reacting, right? Let's go back to the nail example and say, um, so-and-so says, oh my gosh, you're so high maintenance. You always have your nails done and you hold that awareness and observation of the situation and just say, Take it with an open, open heart, open mindset of, yeah, I do, here's the salon that I go to. Uh, we should go together sometime and grab coffee or whatever it is. And just, you know, you're inviting them in on that. Um, and then you'll see where they're really coming from. That gives them the opportunity to respond. If you're just holding that space, observing the situation, not from inside it, but from like a bird's eye view. That is mindfulness. That is being aware of what's going on and responding to the situation instead of reacting to it. If you are reactive and so and so, so, and so says, you, You're so high maintenance, you always have your nails done, and you say, Yeah, like I work really, really hard for this, so I deserve it. Like I. I've been working like three jobs since I was 15. I can get my nails done if I want to. And like, yeah, I mean, like I, I have kids, but it's, it's fine. Like my partner watches them or I just get a babysitter. It's, it's fine. Like I deserve this. So-and-so is going to be like, maybe they'll be like, why did she bite my head off? Like what is going on here? And then it just creates a reactive environment, right? It doesn't have that safety. So number one, if you want to blame people, you can don't recommend it. Number two, your next best option is to hold space and observe so that you can respond, not react. Number three, we are getting there. I swear. (laughs) Number three, take a look at your own values. This is where more work comes on. So that requires you really sitting down and getting in tune with what you value um, and holding space for maybe that differs from other people's values. And maybe it does seem like too much to, I'm just going to keep going with the nail example here, (laughs) Um, but that's not the only thing I mean, obviously we know the feeling of when you maybe have you, maybe you have a really loud outgoing personality, or maybe you have a a sense of humor that is like dark or that never quits. And you're like constantly sarcastic with people or constantly lightening the mood or cracking jokes. And maybe some people find that quote unquote too much. So it's not like the nail example is just the most simple version, but there are really qualities of our personality that we do try and hide because we've been told at some point or conditioned or programmed to believe that it's not appropriate or it makes other people feel uncomfortable. And generally, like I said, that discomfort is probably coming from part of them that wishes that they could have that quality as well, or that they could share their genuine qualities with others like you're doing. But we shut that down, right? Because we want to feel accepted. So taking a look at your values can be really helpful. If it is that nail example and you have written down a list, I do this often write down because they shift, right? Our values in any given moment um, or situation, season of life can shift. And, um, I mean, they're like, we definitely have some core ones. Like I know what my core ones are and I know that those will likely be there across the lifespan. Even looking back at childhood things that I was passionate about or enjoyed in my childhood adolescence, things I'm enjoying now, and things that I hope to and plan to enjoy for my future. Um, So some of those are core values. And then I would say some of them shift and wax and wane. And yeah, maybe we will lose those values for a little while or adapt those values. Um, But it can be really helpful to write out a list, uh, like just bullet points, point form, of what you value and maybe That is one of yours. You want to look nice aesthetically and you want to take time for yourself and you want to, I don't know, support local businesses. And so you going to get your nails done doesn't make you too high maintenance, it actually fits with your own values. Um, so, and you can find other ways to do those things as well. If you want to look nice, support local businesses and take time for yourself, of course, there are other ways you could go to a coffee shop. You could just like go to an art gallery and look around. You don't even necessarily have to be spending money, um, whatever it is, Uh, There are different ways to honor your values. And it's really important to hold your own values and also hold space to recognize that other people have different values. So when so-and-so says that to you, that is also, I feel, an appropriate way to respond to saying, yeah, like I love getting my nails done. It fits with all my values. Um, And yeah, so I love that um your fourth one here to take action on are looking at uh, your beliefs. So do you believe that you are too much or too high maintenance or too chaotic or maybe you maybe you believe that you have trouble planning and it comes across as chaotic or flying by the seat of your pants or you're too intense? Um, so taking a look at your own beliefs about yourself and just examining and evaluating that, is that true for you? If so, what do you need to shift? Maybe you are quote unquote too intense, but it's, it's anxiety or anger manifesting. And so you become irritable or snippy or grouchy or just presenting as mad or upset with other people um so maybe that is a great time for you to look at your own mental health and well-being um or maybe you're too intense is you being passionate about something and advocating for yourself or others and being assertive and some people might say oh she's a bitch she's too intense whatever it is, if people are really, um, stuck on their point, but maybe that is part of their beliefs. And I think it's really important also to catch ourselves. If we are saying those things about others, you know, I have caught myself feeling that way about people. And I like, some of the thoughts would be like, Oh my gosh, this person is too bossy, or this person is um, like too demanding. Yes, that's a good one. Demanding. That's that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> and then I have to stop myself, and I have literally done this a number of times when I experience the discomfort come up, and I'm like, okay, why do I think this person is too demanding? Because it's likely not about the other person. It's something that I am uncomfortable with, and it's like oh, this person doesn't mind being assertive and asserting their needs and listening to their body and communicating what they need. And they have grasped all of these pillars and they are able to effectively communicate them to me. And I am highly offended because I have not learned to do that myself. I struggle with... Um, obviously, like listening to my body, giving it rest, whatever it is, changing things up, like struggle with rigidity. Um, I've talked about that a lot on the podcast before, and just like this inflexible nature, like that cognitive flexibility. Um, I haven't practiced, and it can come with practice, but getting my backup or feeling offended when somebody else exerts their Independence and their free will and their quote unquote too demandingness is actually them standing in their power and their strength and their autonomy. So I encourage you to not only look at yourself. Um, and how others might perceive you, but also how you are perceiving others. Boom. (laughs) But for real though, we have to take those pauses when that discomfort comes up and we are calling somebody else out on that. This person is too, oh, that person's too controlling, too much of a perfectionist. What does that look like? And why is that evoking that sense of dis-ease and distress in us. Now, I originally did have more to say and more to add on this, but I think that this is a great place to stop because that's a lot to process and to put into practice. So we started at number one, if people are saying that you are too much, you're too high maintenance, you're crazy, you're chaotic, like you're too high strung, you're you're a workaholic, you're too focused on yourself, you are too intense, you're too demanding, whatever it is, you can say, ah, I'll just blame them right back. <laughs> and then say, you know, they're too controlling, they're trying to control my personality, they're too judgmental, right? It can. You can literally give it right back to them. Like I said, don't recommend it because you see how the walls go right up. That does not create an open and communicative and safe and loving environment for any type of relationship to flourish. So your option past just putting the blame on others is to observe and be mindful of the whole entire situation. Get a different perspective and observe, you know, like allow Time for the other person to respond. If it is, oh my gosh, you're too like okay. So this person, no, how I gave the example of the too demanding. If I had said that to that person, like, oh gosh, you're so demanding, um, or made it into a joke, because that's likely how I would have delivered it. You know, oh, you're you're so demanding. You you really know what you want, don't you? <laughs> that would give the other person. Opportunity to respond as well, right? Um, so just observe and hold space. And I think also recognizing what your values are, what your own beliefs are, and what do you believe about yourself? And what do you know to be true? And then also looking into that final piece of what is this evoking in me? So if I went through all those steps and I didn't want to blame this person um, for being too demanding, and then I look at my values, and then I look at my beliefs, and then I finally come to the conclusion, I'm like, okay, I value advocating for yourself. And... My belief about myself is that I'm not always good at that, but I'm trying to get there. So maybe where they're coming from and I'm perceiving it as too demanding is an area that I could really improve on in myself. And if you're able to hold that space and create that buffer and respond instead of reacting, what a beautiful line of communication that opens up. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope that you are able to grow and expand within yourself and then bring this to all of your relationships. And this really, really (laughs) requires that you slow down and that you practice mindfulness, which our society does not foster. We Uh, encourage busyness. We encourage productivity. We encourage getting things done right away. We encourage responding immediately. Um, and so really taking the time to pause and knowing that that is okay. You can even communicate that that's what you're doing. You know, I just hold on. Let me think about this, whatever the relationship is, whatever the, um, concern or difficulty that you're going through or discomfort is, it is okay to not give an immediate response or not even give it an immediate thought. If there's something that is higher priority going on for you, it is so important that we pause and take things a little bit more slowly, uh, before relationships start going downhill, because just like we value productivity, busyness, and work in a career sense, and people get burnt out and fatigued, the same can happen in relationships. So know that you have to set those boundaries because just like in work and career, um, people get burnt out and fatigued and you can take sick days or time off or whatever it is. You don't necessarily get that in relationships. So that's on us to be able to set those boundaries and communicate clearly on what our needs are while taking into account the needs of others. And that's just a beautiful thing when you can set boundaries and and live life like that. So I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will see you on Monday for another great episode. Bye thank you so much for listening. If you love this podcast, you know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. It would mean the world to me if you gave it a rating, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, because that helps other people get connected with the show and take in this information as well. And another great way that you can share uh, is by taking a screenshot of the episode on your phone, sharing it on social media, on your Instagram stories, and tag me in it so that we can get connected and and chat more about this. I would love to hear your feedback and to see if there's any information that you want to know more about or guests that you think would be great to hear from on the show. So as always, fuel up my loves and we will chat again soon. Bye.